right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. F that. You don't got time. All right, let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. What's up, everyone? Happy Thursday. This is not Derek Johnson. This is Lane Gillespie in the KLWN studios. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. I'm going to start a show the way that I've never started any show or any broadcast before and that's by doing this what the hell is going on there is so much going on today so we got a lot to dive in for you on today's episode of rock chalk sports talk we're going to start off with the crazy stuff and if you haven't heard i'm not going to spoil it yet we still got some best of rcst trivia coming for you today the top of the four o'clock hour we're going to have a recruiting update for kansas basketball and then later on at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, we'll have the top 10 plays against Villanova in the Final Four, the top 10 plays for Kansas basketball. And then at around 5.20, we're going to talk about NBA free agency because NBA free agency officially starts at 5 o'clock central today. First up, oh my gosh. If you have not woken up, if you just now woke up, and you have not seen your sports updates, you are missing a ton. First, let's go with the news that came out this morning. And that is that USC and UCLA are planning to, are planning on hightailing it from the Pac-12 for the Big Ten in two years' time. Yeah, we're, we're officially starting to get into an era of I don't know if we're quite getting in an era of super conferences, but this does mean a lot. You know, we haven't had anything. I mean, we've had a lot of eye-opening stuff when it came to college conferences over the past year, over a year, something like that, especially when we heard about the news a few months ago about Oklahoma and Texas leaving for the SEC. I believe that was last summer that we heard about that. So, yeah, just about a year ago. So, yeah, one year later. We get two big-time California schools, both of them in Los Angeles, I may add, that are hightailing it and leaving for the Big Ten, which, by the way, the Big Ten, most of their, uh, most of their teams are in the Midwest and in the East. So geographically, that's going to be a crapshoot because there's legitimately going to be games where USC is going to have to travel, let's say, first team that time. Oh, uh, the farthest one. Okay, I got it in the back of my mind now because I remember seeing a tweet earlier. The furthest game, uh, the furthest in-conference game, the furthest road trip for an in-conference game this season is going to be about 2,500 miles, 2,500. That's either USC or UCLA because they're both based in Los Angeles. To Rutgers, which is in... New Jersey, that's West Coast versus East Coast. Are we going to have a new rivalry 
and East Coast versus West Coast. I don't know what's going on. Um, so yeah, we woke up to that. I okay, we didn't wake up to that. That came out at roughly probably eleven o'clock, maybe around noon is when we uh, started hearing about it. My eyes popped wide open, jaw on the floor, when I heard about this to start off. Probably about as much, oh, well, maybe not quite as much, but about as much as when we heard about Oklahoma and Texas leaving for the SEC. It's just the thing is that uh, the Big 12 immediately, like not long after, found replacements for them, and they're going back to 12 teams in the Big 12. Now, the Big 10 is going to be confusing already. I don't even know if they, I'm pretty sure they have more than 10 teams, don't they? I'm making sure of this. Uh, But regardless, uh, or or at least I could uh, check in football. Yeah, there are 14 teams in the Big 10. So there's about to be 16. So what does that mean? Are teams of the Big 10 going to move to the Pac-12? Because the Pac-12 is now asking for help. They want, they need more teams. They do. They've requested to conferences about the need for teams now that USC, UCLA, two big-time money-making schools, USC in football, UCLA in basketball, they're hightailing it. They're out of here in 20, as early as 2024. The thing is, so why they make this move? Well, oh, they're getting bank. Big time. There are reports that they could have media rights that can range from $100 million. I've heard one report say $100 million. I've heard one report say $1 billion with a B. So that's probably why, because then the, they're going to get more money out of the Big Ten, especially for football. Pac-12 football, hit and miss. Definitely a lot hit and miss, uh, except for USC. USC used to be a powerhouse back in the Reggie Bush days and the, um, why do I forget his name? Pete Carroll in the Pete Carroll days uh, back at USC. You know, number ones from time to time, time and again, and so on and so forth. But now they're leaving house. They're, they're, well, I mean, they're staying at USC, but they're just, they're just leaving conferences. So that does kind of spark the debate because we heard about this debate a little bit when Texas and Oklahoma announced that they were leaving the big 12 for the SEC. It's sparking the debate about super conferences because the SEC is going to be big. They're going to be huge. I think about 15, 16 teams or something like that. I, I I seriously need to do a lot more of the uh, of this research ahead of time. Um, but you know it's it's a lot of teams. It's probably the most out of any. Yeah, effective 2025, 16 teams in the SEC, and in the Big Ten, they're going to have 16 unless people leave. And then can you even call it the Pac-12 anymore? Because Pac stands for Pacific. I mean, the SEC is already confusing in and of itself because it stands for Southeastern Conference. Missouri's not in the Southeast, so what the heck are they doing there? Arkansas is not in the Southeast. They're close. Not there, though. Not, not quite there, though. You more get Southern teams like Alabama and Mississippi, Mississippi State, Florida, Florida State, Georgia. Yeah, that all makes sense, right? Well, now in the Big Ten, Big Ten and Big Twelve, they don't necessarily give out their location, which is why I think they can get away with it. But the Pac-12, if they have to bring in teams from the Big Ten or the SEC, 
then location's just not going to matter anymore in conferences, making things even more and more confusing. Thus, it, it, everybody's minds are just going to run rampant about where you know where uh, where uh, a conference more specifically is when it comes to geographic location. Because for the Big Twelve, it used to be just the Midwest, Nebraska, Iowa State. So okay, I'll just say the states: Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri, Kansas, Colorado, Oklahoma, Texas. That used to be it. Now, it's Kansas, Iowa, Oklahoma, and Texas still. But now you add in West Virginia, and they're also going to add in Utah, Florida, and Ohio. So the, ge- so the geography just gets confusing and just does not make as much sense as it used to. But at the same time, like I said, the Big Ten and the Big 12 can get away with it because their names don't suggest where their teams are. And the Big Ten is going to be like that because, you know, they're, they're mainly Northeast, about Midwest as well as Northeast. Because, you know, they got Nebraska out of the mix. They have the Michigan teams. They have Indiana. So they make sense, right? They can get away with it. But it does raise the question, like I said, because they have to do one of two things for the Pac-12. Because like I said, Pac stands for Pacific. And all of the teams in the Pac-12 are in the Pacific region. So you either have to get two teams from the Big Ten, the SEC, figure your stuff out, or change your name, or get smaller schools out of the Pacific end of the United States. So, that news was big. Then news just got weirder in the in the span of sports. Like I said, the NBA free agency starts today. Today at 5 o'clock Central Time. Well, we heard about a fellow guy who's not going to be a free agent, but has requested a trade. Kevin Durant. Yeah, if you didn't hear, Kevin Durant has requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. That news came out about an hour ago, and social media is in an absolute frenzy, not just because of the news, but because of potential places for Kevin Durant to go. Now, the two places that they say that he might go, uh, basically, he gave a wish list to the GM and the owner of the Brooklyn Nets. And he said that it is boiled down to the Phoenix Suns or the Miami Heat. And and the thing is, Kevin Durant has four years left on his contract with Brooklyn. But per Adrian Wojnarowski, he says, quote, there are, there's no shortage of teams willing to unload assets for Durant. End quote. Because he is delivered as a, a cr- incredible scorer time and again since he joined the NBA in 2007. And even 15 years later, he is still one of the best players in the NBA. Not the best, but he's getting up there. Because that's the, th- like, the thing is, like he signed the extension with the Brooklyn Nets last summer. Uh, and, now he, he, and now he wants to be traded. But he's that darn good of a player. So what that ultimately does is raise some eyebrows and actually shift the odds a little bit. Right now, the front runner, nobody has, there's no official announcement yet of who's getting Kevin Durant. But the front runner are the Phoenix Suns. And how about that trio? Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant. 
You add DeAndre Ayton in the mix. If they don't trade him, that team will definitely win a title in the near future. Because, I mean, think about it. When Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City to go to Golden State, they won back-to-back titles. They almost three-peated, but Kevin Durant got hurt. Klay Thompson got hurt. They were injury-riddled, which made them lose to Toronto in 2019. But they won back-to-back against Cleveland in 17 and 18. Because then it was after that that there was free agency, and then Kevin went to Brooklyn. So now, the question's just going to be, who wants Kevin Durant, and how can he not even, not just make that team better, but help them win a title? Because I got to say, wherever he goes, that being Phoenix or Miami as the front runners, heck, it could be more, but those are just the two front runners because that was on his wish list. Wherever he goes, that team has the capability of winning a title in the near future. So, yeah, hope you got your sports updates for the day because that's nuts. This day has already just been a frenzy with USC and UCLA as well as Kevin Durant. So, you know, this is hilarious because before Derek left for Germany, uh, which he'll be back next week, he'll be he'll be back on Tuesday. Um, before we left for Germany, we talked about the potential places, or not potential places, I'm sorry, I was I was recapping back to Kevin Durant. We talked about the potential storylines that could happen while Derek is gone. And the two biggest ones that happen while he's gone happened in the same day. What in the world? <laughs> wow. Uh, but sports can do that to you. You know, it, it, it has been a dead period for quite a while. Yeah, we talked about Wimbledon a little bit. We had some stuff about free agency and the uh, Royals trading Carlos Santana. We had that the other day. And then it just unloads a hundredfold with two big teams leaving a uh, Power 5 conference and Kevin Durant asking for a trade. And it's ironic because back in 2019, just back to Kevin Durant, it's kind of ironic because back in 2019, Kyrie Irving also went to Brooklyn. And so when Kyrie and Durant went to Brooklyn, everybody just immediately said they're going to win it all at some point in the near future. They're going to win it all. Then stuff happened in between. Injury, as well as the whole controversy controversy with Kyrie Irving over the past season, maybe season and a half with him you know, not being vaccinated against COVID-19. But now, Kyrie, who he was, um, he had a bit of a contract dispute with Brooklyn. I said that many times this this week, or or last week as well. He had a contract dispute with the Brooklyn Nets, and then the other day he decides that he wants to come back and he will exercise his final year. He'll exercise his player option and return to Brooklyn. Then a few days later, uh, Kevin Durant wants out. The question, we just don't know the answer of why he wants out, but it is very interesting that he does at least, at the very least, and this is going to be a tremendous topic to follow towards, I don't even know if the decision for where he's going is going to be made today. 
but I know it could also tie in with NBA free agency starting in an hour and a half. It could tie into that. This is Lane Gillespie. Got some RCST trivia for you on the other end of this break. Still in the sizzling 16. We'll finish that off for you today. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017, 1320, KLWN. Bend on it. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the Best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com, and we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. Top of the 4 o'clock hour, this is Lane Gillespie, not Derek Johnson. Derek's still in Germany. But this is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017-1320-KLWN. I I originally wanted to lead with this, but because of the crazy day that we've had in sports today on June 30th, which was just kind of surprising to me, uh, we're going to, you know, we had to end up kind of pushing that back to uh, the now 4 o'clock hour. But uh, Kansas basketball is starting to get more to the recruiting front for the class of 2023. Uh, and they, as of right now, they have no commitments, but they do have a few official visits. So uh, before I talk a little bit about those that visited, kind of want to give you a little bit of a perspective of what Kansas is looking for. And it's not going to be me giving you that perspective. It's going to be head coach Bill Self. Uh, a few weeks ago, he had the chance to talk to the media and he was asked what they what the needs are and what they need to get for the class of 23. This is what he said. You know what? Right now I'd say you want everything because you don't know who's going to leave. Uh, uh, could we need a point guard? Yeah. I mean, it's possible. Uh, uh, will we definitely need some wings? Well, we got a couple of pro prospects and, you know, you got MJ and Jalen and Grady and Kevin. I mean, those guys are all, People have been talked about being able to go, so you got to prepare for that. So if I was picking, I'd say we need a big, a, a point, and a couple of winks. That's that. That's what I would say. Uh, uh, and that's really going out on a limb. Going out on a limb. You need. Uh, I'll I'll go out on a limb with him, basically saying, um, "What do you need? Well, you need five guys on the floor and to outscore your opponent as much as possible. That's that's basically that's basically the gist of it. Yeah." There's not really a set plan on who to get for right now, mainly just because, well, we don't know who's staying. We don't know who's leaving because, you know, there's the chance right now projected to be Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCuller, and Grady Dick who are going to be who are going to be gone after this season. But there's also another possibility that Grady could stay. There's a possibility that Jalen could stay. That would be like extreme circumstances. Uh, as far as I as far as I believe, but that it, it's it's technically not out of the woods if you're you know looking at it statistically. Technically, it's not out of the woods, but more than likely, Jalen, as long as he stays healthy, will be gone uh, after this season. And then the same goes for Kevin McCuller and Grady Dick. Definitely quite possible. And then you can also add MJ Rice to the mix, a five star recruit. He could be a one and done, just like Grady. We don't know yet. Uh, that's just the thing, but at the very front of it, you still have to look for people when you can because 
you know, the class of 23, you know, those guys are going to be gone before you know it. So you need to jump on uh, these guys and try to get them to visit, try to get them to commit uh, as much as you can. I also know the other picture is going to be, you know, how many scholarships will be available after this season. And I know that's something that they'll take into account, which is kind of what makes me think that they might take things a little bit slow, mainly just because, you know, usually you have at least a little bit of a set number who's going to be gone by around the beginning of the season, if not about the first month of the season. And we saw that easily last season because of the amount of seniors that KU had. Mitch Lightfoot, Chris T. I mean, Chris T. Han was not a scholarship player, but Mitch Lightfoot, Ochai Abaji, David McCormick, well, they were all seniors. So there was no doubt they were going to be gone. Christian Brown ended up being another scholarship guy who left because it was so darn talented, became a first-round draft pick. Easy as that. So they were able to get it down. And I mean, heck, I'm sure Christian realized that he was just going to go to the NBA pretty early, just given how talented he was right out of the jump and how big of a prospect he turned out to be, you know, in preseason and midseason and then all the way to last Thursday when he was drafted 21st overall. So that's just my, that you get my point. I know I go off in tangents like this and I ramble on, but you get my point is that technically we don't know how many scholarships will be available after this upcoming season. So right now there are two guys that there's a, quite a bit of focus on. Of course, there are going to be others out there, and I'm sure there are others, there are others out there, but a couple of guys that visited over the past week. Those guys are Tayson, Tyson, I don't know. It's spelled T-A-I-S-O-N. I'm going to say Tayson, Tayson Chapman. He's a four-star recruit, and Mikey Williams, a five-star recruit. So uh, basically, we're going to get to the, we're going to get down to each of those. Uh, let's talk about, Let's first talk about the five-star, that being Mikey Williams. And this guy's, uh, this guy's quite interesting just given what's at stake and the sheer possibility of him possibly coming to KU and the possibility of not going to KU. Honestly, it can be kind of night and day, uh, just depending on what you read and what you see. So here's what it's written down as. He is a five-star combo guard out of San Isidro High School in San Diego, California. 24-7 sports composite rankings have him 17th overall, 17th overall recruit, and the third best combo guard in the country, second best recruit out of the state of California. Uh, the guy that with 24-7 that did his scouting was Eric Bossi. Bossi? I don't know. It's B-O-S-S-I. And he did his evaluation back in January, and he said, quote, or he said that Mikey Williams is, quote, a strong and compact combo guard. Williams is an offensive-minded player who understands how to use his athleticism and burst off the dribble. He is a good ball handler with wiggle off the dribble who finds and exploits cracks in the defense to get to the rim and finish or draw fouls. He has developed into a pretty good shooter from deep and gets tremendous lift when he pulls off the dribble for his shot. Williams has a huge following on social media and plays to big crowds wherever he goes, so there is a natural flair and charisma that comes along with his game. And that that's an eye-opener when it comes to, basically, he already knows what it feels like to be in front of a big crowd and to be in the moment. I know that is something that can be taken into account. 
But it's interesting, you know, you normally don't see this out of a guy, basically what they're saying about him, which it's him being a ball handler. Well, okay, ball handler, I guess. But, like, a guy who wiggles off the dribble, exploits cracks in the defense to get to the rim and finish or draw fouls. Usually you see that in taller guys. This guy's six foot two. He's six two, one 175. He is, I mean, he's a good point guard. And if you get a good point guard that can really drive all the way down and throw it down with the best of them, I think that's, I think that's great. I mean, I mean, I, I haven't seen his game yet. I haven't seen his highlights, but if you, or actually I have seen some of his highlights, but I'm just saying like, if you put that scouting report together, it sounds quite a bit like Derrick Rose. A guy who was, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the best finisher, finishers in the NBA, and he was a true point guard. And, you, and Kansas fans can attest to that. You saw him at Memphis uh, when, in the national championship game. Dude was electric. Dude was a star. So it kind of that's just kind of what it reminds me of. So He has a lot of offers already. He has offers from uh, big-time schools like Texas Tech, UCLA, Oregon, Memphis, speak of the devil, KU, obviously, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, LSU. Now, he, he has two visits so far. He visited USC uh, back in February and then to KU just this past week. Now, what's interesting is, or actually there's two interesting things, but here's the first one. His crystal ball on 24-7 sports predicts him to play professionally for one season and then moving to the NBA, kind of like RJ Hampton, what he did. Uh, you know, he was he was he was a guy that a lot of KU fans kind of had his focus on. Or they had they had the focus on RJ Hampton. This was a couple of seasons ago because they knew that this guy was going to be good and he was going to be great. And instead of going to college, what he does is play professionally for a season and then go into the NBA draft. And he said if it wasn't for deciding to play professionally, he would have gone to Kansas, which was a bit of a bummer for KU fans, but it is an option that is there. However, in a recent interview with Eric Bossy, the guy that evaluated and did a scouting report on Mikey Williams, his father said that Mikey wants to play college basketball. So that's a plus. So KU fans can get excited about that. However, and I don't know if this is still true. I don't know if this is still going on early in his recruitment. Like this is 2020, which is his sophomore year. Summer of 2020 is a lot when that happens. I'm trying to think. Graduating in 2023. Uh, yeah. The summer before his sophomore year. Yes. Summer before his sophomore year. He was getting a lot of offers from HBCU schools. HBCU, if you don't know, which I hope you do. Uh, HBCU standing for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. Um, And early on, he had a big interest in playing for an HBCU. So he has a lot of offers from historically black colleges. And I mean, there are so many that like, if I list them all by word of mouth, I feel like I'm going to kind of just bore you guys on just the name of school. So just to name a handful has offers from Jackson state, Delaware state, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Grambling state, Alabama state, Morehouse college and Florida A&M. That's just a snippet of how many offers he has from HBCUs because he showed that early interest in wanting to play for an HBCU. So that is also up for grabs. 
So will Mikey William, what will Mikey Williams do? We have no idea, just given the plethora of offers that he has and how many schools that he still needs to uh, visit uh, right up to his senior year coming up this season. Next guy, by the name of Tayson Chatham. And again, I'm going to say Tayson. I don't know if it's Tyson because it's T-A-I-S-O-N, which could be Tyson, but I'm just going to say Tayson. Tayson Chapman, 6'4 combo guard from Totino Grace High School in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Also class of 2023. Uh, 48th overall recruit, 11th best combo guard, number one out of Minnesota. Uh, he has no full scouting report quite yet, but from what I saw from his highlight tapes, kind of like a Mikey Williams, except not as good of a shooter. Mainly, but, the, okay, well, the issue is that the only highlights that are on file on his 24-7 sports report is from his freshman year. That was back in 2019. That's the issue. Uh, but what I saw from then, he was a decent shooter. I feel like his jump shot kind of made him feel, uh, looked like he was a little bit uncomfortable to shoot, but he could still drill it. But he's great at driving in the paint. And like I said, six foot four, and he is only, what, 16, 17, so he's still going to grow. So that could remind you of kind of a Wayne Selden if he can build up a bit more muscle should he come to kick. Uh, I mean, should he go anywhere? But that's just basically what it reminds me of. Now, he has offers from Baylor, Texas Tech, LSU, Xavier, Michigan, UConn, Ohio State, Virginia, of course, KU. Uh, but he has visited three schools all in the past month. That being UConn, Xavier, and now KU. So a couple of key pieces that could be big for KU coming up this, you know, this next season, or not this next season, but the 2023 to 24 season, because that would be their freshman year, should they, uh, you know, if slash when they go to college. But, you know, like I said early on, and like we heard about with Bill, uh, from Bill Self, is that well, we don't know who's going to still be here by March or May even of 2023 and who's going to forego college eligibility and go to the NBA draft. And right now, all things kind of point towards some forwards, that being Grady Dick, Jalen Wilson, and Kevin McCuller. Uh, MJ Rice is a guard, which I know he, uh, you know, if they get any of those guys, he could fill that boy. But we don't, we don't know if MJ is going to be one and done or if he can stick around for a couple of years. It's basically, that's good. That's just going to be the main question when it comes to recruiting for Kansas basketball. This is Lane Gillespie. Got some more best of RCST trivia for you on the other end of this break. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017, 1320, KLWN. Depend on it. Did you know that on our website, KLWN.com, as well as our sister stations, 1059kissfm.com, bull929.com, we have a program called Hometown Deals. So you click the tab and it takes you to a magical place where gift cards are 50% off. We have handfuls of different restaurants and places that you can go to that you can get a 50% off gift card too. So just go to the website, click Hometown Deals, and you'll see some of those gift cards for 50% off. If you're a business and interested in being part of this as well and getting featured ads at no cash price and just gift card cost, shoot us an email, djohnson at gpmnow.com. Doing our top 10 lists for KU plays along each of their wins in the NCAA tournament. We still have the North Carolina one in the title game coming up. Um, I don't know if we'll do 10. Maybe we'll stretch it out a little bit further for that one being the title game. Um, but the next up on the list, we've gotten through the first four rounds, would be the Villanova game in the final four. Obviously a fun one. KU won, if you remember. 
Let's get into the list. Number 10. 10th on the list. KU's up 45-32, about 17 and a half to go in the second half. Ochai catches it curling around at the wing, a play we've seen him a lot where he catches it from Dewan. They set up a screen, he hits an open three. This time, it was covered well by Villanova, or the intent of it the entire way was to work the secondary action because all the attention comes to Ochai, and he's just able to immediately sling it inside to Christian Brown. Brown then throws it up immediately over to Dave McCormick for kind of an alley-oop. McCormick couldn't dunk it from where it was thrown, but he was able to just kind of tip it in. Nice little play of teamwork and uh, quick passing for KU for the 10th best play in their win over Villanova. Number nine. 24-11, KU leads. Nine and a half minutes to go. Ochai drives out of the uh, kind of right side, curls around to the left in the middle, and then just throws kind of an underhanded no-look pass to David McCormick, who slips behind the defense. McCormick goes up for the two-handed power jam. He does the old, uh, I always think of Shaq when I think this, when he kind of does the pull-up on the rim and throws his legs out, and he does the, uh, the famous Dave um, raise the roof thing that makes it 26 to 11 at that time. Number eight. What a game it was for Dave in that one. The eighth best play. KU's up 77 65. A little over a minute to go in the second half. I think there were already some daggers by then. We've talked a lot about the daggers in the, uh, the uh, I forget if it was the Providence one or the Miami one. Nonetheless, Jalen gets it kind of a, a way of a, a, a scuffle. He gets the pass. Drives into lane. It's a two-on-one after they get by the defense who's kind of pressing, trying to get the steal. And that allows him to just dish it as he takes some contact underhand. A nice little feed to David McCormick, who once again goes up for the two-handed power jam. And David McCormick, again, had himself quite the game. Number seven. Number seven, KU's up 28-16. to Little under eight minutes to go. Jalen Wilson drives into lane, takes a hard bump spins around on his pivot foot, goes up with the right-handed hook shot contested, knocks it in in the middle of the lane. He didn't have, like, great positioning. It was a tough shot to make coming off a spin as well, but showed some of the offensive excellence of Jalen Wilson. Number six. How about going six for six from three for Ochagbaji, specifically that six-three. KU's up 55-47. The lead is waning a little bit, a little under 12 minutes to go in the second half. Ochai comes off to the right on the wing, grabs it, shoots a three with a fine contest, not like a great contest, but it's there enough, and that starts Ochai six for six from three. They go up 11 on Villanova at the time. Into the top five we go. Number five. Caves up 72-59, a little under uh, three minutes to go. This is what I thought was the dagger of the game. So David McCormick, or, or not David McCormick, Jalen Wilson has it. He's working to the right. Passes it to Christian Brown. This was after another play that Christian Brown made that we'll get to here in the top five. Um, But this one for sure sealed it. That one might have been the dagger. This one was the for sure dagger, not just the daggers in there. It's all the way stuck through. And they get Jalen on the drive. He kicks it out to the right to Christian. Again, solid enough contest, but Christian hits the three in front of his bench. That puts KU up 16 with 245 to go. And from there, it's over. KU's going to the title game. Number four. Fourth on the list, KU's up 13-5. Fast forward back to the first half, about 13 and a half minutes to go. Remy's driving in transition, finds Jalen Wilson, cuts in, and gets the attention of two defenders, one to his left, one to his right, pulls up at just inside the left elbow, and he's trying to, it almost looks like he's trying to put up a floater, but he's trying to kind of jump pass it out to Ochagbaji in the left corner. But there's contact out there. There's a contest for even getting the pass through, so he has to kind of double clutch and finds a way to just get the pass through and lob it out there. 
And that was one of Ochai's first couple threes of the game. Hits it from the left corner. Again, great passing. And again, a another nod to the unbelievable effort that Ochai Baji put up shooting the basketball. Number three. Into the top three. KU's up 64-58. This is the uh, closest the Villanova got since the first half. A little under six minutes to go. KU needs something. What happens? They miss a shot. And now it's like, oh no. Villanova can go down. They can make this uh, maybe even a one-possession game if they hit a three. David McCormick, though, gets the offensive rebound. Passes the ball out to Dewan Harris. Dewan works his way to the right. Bounces it inside for David McCormick. McCormick then tries to go into the lane. He takes a hard bump by a couple guys. Another who's coming for a double from up top. And he just maintains his composure. Then he goes up with it. It's a contested hook shot as well. It looks very similar, honestly, to... uh, you know, one of the ones that he hit against North Carolina, and he somehow finishes with the offhand hand as well, makes it 66-58, ends that kind of stretch by Villanova that made things maybe a little bit too uncomfortable there. That was a huge play by David McCormick, who just came up clutch so often in the tournament. Number two. Number two on the list, KU's up 60-50, to 50, 10 and a half minutes to go in the game. They throw the ball down low to David McCormick. He catches it. He's being fronted. They get the defender behind him kind of roving behind who tries to get the steal when they are fronting. And he gets by. Incoming is Caleb uh, Samson. I don't even remember. Caleb Daniels, something like that. Or no, I'm sorry. Jermaine Samuels. I combined the names. Caleb Samuels. So Jermaine Samuels, who's their really good, like kind of small ball five, kind of wing four-man type. He comes in thinking, okay, I know you got by those two guys. I'm going to block you here. He gets a good contest on it. But David McCormick dunks all over him, puts him on a poster, Shouts it out. Does the the on-your-head symbol there. Honestly, probably a little lucky he didn't get a technical. I'm glad they didn't because the Final Four, let him have fun like that. He didn't say anything mean. He didn't do anything abusive. It was fun. That just added to how great that play was, though, for David McCormick. Absolute poster of the tournament, probably, for KU. Um, like the alley-oop that they threw in the Providence game to Ocha. It wasn't as much a poster. They kind of posterized the guy trying to swat the ball away on the pass. That was unbelievable from Dave. Number one. The top play, though, in KU's win over Villanova. Four minutes to go. Shot clock winding down. KU's up nine. So this was a little after that. That the the third best play we had with the uh, David McCormick kind of hook shot. Dewan Harris dribbling the ball again. Shot clock is running out here. He dishes it off to Christian Brown with two three seconds. Brown basically has to immediately catch and turn and shoot, basically all in one motion. It's three, four, five feet from the three-point line. He's kind of fading back. It's a good contest, and he nylons that thing. Nothing but net for Christian Brown. Like I said, the one that ranked number five was kind of the real dagger. Put you up 16 with 245. There was still a little under four minutes to go at this point. It was still, after making that a 12-point game, But that definitely, you could argue, was the dagger as well. That was the play of the game in my eyes. It was an unbelievable make from Christian Brown. And then, you know, this doesn't hurt for making it the number one play. We all remember the action from Christian Brown after and uh, saying a word that maybe seemed to rhyme with, you know, Villanova's got a snitch out there or um, I have an itch on my body, something like that. This is uh, Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I'm Derek Johnson away so back we go to lane whoever's in studio enjoy whether it's commercial break or back to you guys after this
We are brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Homefield, a premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis, has incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs because they dig through the archives of your school to find unique logos, mascots, and moments. The Kansas collection has 14 pieces of apparel, including t-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, and they are some of the most comfortable things that you will wear, plus they look really cool. And they just released, well, not just, but after the national championship, they released a national championship shirt. Use the code ROCKCHALKSPORTSTALK. That's ROCKCHALKSPORTSTALK, all one word, and you'll get 15%, 15% off your first order. That's right. Code Rock Chalk Sports Talk, all one word for 15% off with home field apparel on your first order. Hello again. Welcome back. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN. NBA free agency has begun. Started as I'm doing this, as I'm saying this, 20 minutes ago. And who boy are there already. Some pretty hot deals. Uh, You know, earlier today, I I talked about the news of uh, Kevin Durant requesting for a trade. Uh, We have not heard anything yet about that. Uh, So if if, uh, somehow we get uh, an update on that, we'll go ahead and let you know. So um, later on, well, I'm going to start off by basically just saying that, you know, there's already been some pretty big signing news and uh, a few extensions in there that are pretty hot. Um, but then I'm also going to talk to you about a couple of key players uh, to look out for in free agency. So first off, already some big signings. To start off, um, pretty decent headline, but not quite the biggest, definitely not the biggest. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks forward Bobby Portis returning to Milwaukee on a four-year, $49 million contract, which you know, we were interested to see what he was going to do. He's been kind of that, you know, if you watch in the postseason, he's been kind of that emotional uh, guy that kind of fires up the team, and he also delivers in a big way, especially with rebounding. So that's a good, um, br- that's that's a good job by Milwaukee to bring him back. A big player from the jump, who I was going to include on a name to follow, uh, he already has signed with someone. That is Jalen Brunson, the former Villanova standout, played with the Dallas Mavericks, now no more, a four-year, $104 million deal with the New York Knicks. Now, I said, I said before, you know, around draft time, you didn't know what the New York Knicks were going to do regarding, well, they, they never really, you know, got a pick in the NBA draft, and then they traded away Kemba Walker, so we were curious what their plans were. Jalen Brunson's a good get. So I'll, I'll, for the first time in a while, Knicks, I'll give you kudos. Here's a big one. All-star Washington Wizards guard Bradley Beal will stay with Washington on a five-year, $251 million max contract. Holy cow. That is around $50 million per year for, uh, for, uh, Washington and already immediately my eyes just opened. That's why I paused for a little bit. Big get for the Philadelphia 76ers, PJ Tucker, getting him from Miami. PJ, not quite the star for Miami, but was definitely a really good guy, a really good player for Miami and their runs that they had over the past few years. Going to the Sixers. That's a good get. Uh, some smaller headlines for the, uh, 
signings that we have right now. Uh, former Laker guard Malik Monk, a two-year $19 million deal to the Sacramento Kings. Memphis guard Tyus Jones returns on two years, $30 million. Victor Oladipo returning with the Heat just for one year. It's just a one-year contract for $11 mil. And Chris Boucher staying with Toronto on a three-year $35 million deal. This is a big one. Not as big as the Bradley Beal one, I might say. But this is a pretty decent one. Joe Ingles. He was a standout for the Utah Jazz, especially in the playoff runs they had over the past few years. Sharpshooter. Not quite the most athletic guy, but he's a sharpshooter. Reached an agreement with the Milwaukee Bucks. The details are unknown as of right now. But it was reported by Adrian Wojnarowski a few minutes ago that he has reached an agreement with the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, there have been some big big-time contract extensions as well. You know, guys who already have a contract with the team, but let's extend it and give you a ton of money. Portland guard Anthony Simons has agreed to an extension of four years, $100 million. Big time. Pretty good for a guy who's not the number one guard on the team, that being Damian Lillard, who's the number one. Here are a couple of big ones. You better strap yourselves in. Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns agreeing to a four-year, $214 million Supermax contract extension. So if you're doing the math, that is roughly $52 million a year, something like that. Uh, less than that, like 50, 51, 52 million in between. Here's the big one. The richest deal in NBA history. Yes, NBA history. Two-time NBA Most Valuable Player and the most recent MVP, Nikola Jokic. Five-year, $264 million Supermax contract extension. Wow. The richest deal in the history of the NBA. That's big. That is big time. So, Denver... I mean, you're, you're already going to get a good one with Christian Brown. I wonder, you know, how much money they're going to have left after that extension because they're paying him over 50 mil a year. So we'll have to see. Well, I mean, that's not going to be for his current year. That's just his extension. That's after this upcoming season and however many years that Jokic has on his contract. So a couple of big names to follow. Uh, Zach Levine and James Harden, two perennial stars in the NBA. Uh, now free agents, unrestricted free agents, I may add. Zach Levine, a two-time slam dunk contest winner, finished his final year uh, of his contract with the Chicago Bulls. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's not coming back. Uh, but NBA, NBC Sports Chicago, pardon me, NBC Sports Chicago reported possible destinations for Levine as the LA Lakers, Portland Trailblazers, Dallas Mavericks, and Atlanta Hawks. So for Levine, that would be his third different team because he was with uh, Minnesota for a while and then moved to Chicago. Became a pretty, a really good player with Chicago. Unfortunately, Chicago just uh, didn't quite have the star power to make it deep in the playoffs. James Harden, already one of the greatest players in the NBA right now, at least in my opinion. Some people would disagree. And I will say, yeah, he's... Had a bit of a falling out over the past four years, something like that. But um, he's still a very good option for any team that could possibly go his way. 
he had a $47 million player option for his contract, and he declined the player option. Now, he could sign with the 76ers for up to what would then be the richest deal in NBA history, that being five-year, uh, five $270 million. However, highly unlikely because Phil, it's unlikely that Philly's going to give him a Supermax contract. Um, if, they, if they were going to give any player on the team a Supermax contract, it would be Joel Embiid. It would not be, uh, it would not be James Harden. So if he decides to stay, he might have to settle for a short-term contract, maybe a one- or two-year deal with a pay cut. That's the issue. Uh, that is if James Harden wants to stay. And I'm sure, okay, I'm not sure, but I'm just assuming, I mean, quite possibly, James Harden doesn't necessarily want, you know, a pay cut and that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's just the thing. That's just the thing to uh, keep an eye on and... uh yeah, that's uh, NBA free agents. I mean, this is already this is only thirty minutes into NBA free agency, and uh, it's going to be a cluster over the next few hours and over the next few days in NBA free agency. And uh, like I said, two guys to look out for Zach Levine and James Harden when it comes to free agency. But of course, the biggest name moving around right now, uh, whether for what team he's going to play for next, is Kevin Durant with the. Uh, trade request that he had from the Brooklyn Nets earlier today. So that's that's just the, uh, we'll have to see. Now, I did just see a, a headline that Kyrie Irving has no plans to stick around Brooklyn with Kevin Durant gone. Whether or not that's true, I have no idea. Uh, this is coming from a media organization known as Highly Clutch. Uh, and apparently... Oh, never mind. I, I I was gonna say. So I have a TV on in here, and it was him speaking to the media. But that was after his, uh, that was after the first round exit in the playoffs against uh, Boston is is uh, what it indicated. So it's not okay. So yeah, that was my bad. It's uh, not. It's not current. This was back in April. But whether or not this is true, we'll have to see. Um, and even even Stephen A. Smith is saying that Kyrie is set on possibly joining the Lakers and we already knew that he um well that's just that well the thing is like you know he wanted to trade and then he opted into his player option so I think he is I don't I don't I don't know if you could back out of that option once you already said it that's that's my thing that's that's the, that's the thing that I'm trying to keep uh, in my mind, I don't know if when you're in a player option, you could just back out of it just like that and try to request a trade. We'll have to see. Uh, but as of right now, uh, Kyrie, still a net. Uh, Katie, not a clue. So uh, that's it for NBA free agency. Got another best of RCST trivia matchup on the other end of this break. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 1320 KLWN. Bend on it.